Welcome to the Thy Neighbor Podcast, conversations with everyday people who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. I am your host and occasional solo caster, Tracy Robbins King. If you are inspired by this episode and someone comes to mind as you listen, share this with that person. If you have benefited from the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Your ratings, reviews, and shares make a difference and allow this podcast to reach more remarkable people like you. During this podcast, Jenny is going to walk you through a meditation. If you are driving, you can listen along. I know it will still work with your eyes open. If you'd like to give it more attention, you can pause and come back to it. But I do recommend that you follow the meditation and that you take this opportunity to listen to your heart. Jenny Orton has been my friend since the young year of 2006. Yes, that is the moment when Jenny and I met. It was after my excursion to Pennsylvania. And yes, my friend Lindsay and I, we took the apartment of two girls who decided to leave at the semester. That should have probably been a red flag to us, but we took those two spots in that apartment. (laughs) And then Jenny was my Relief Society president at the time, and she took me on as her own visiting teachy at that time. And she ended up having nothing better than, this is how close we really were in spirit, was that she had a GMC, <laughs> I had a GMC safari van, a mid-sized van, and Jenny had a GMC. Chevy Astro. Oh, it was a Chevy, oh yeah, yeah, yours was the Astro and mine was the safari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're pretty similar. I don't know if you guys remember this, but mid-sized vans were once a thing. And they were cool in college. <laughs> We were the the two girls on that campus who had mid-sized bands. (laughs) So it was quite a special moment. It was friendship right from the get-go. Our matching, because our colors were very similar. Hers was a... Well, mine what was, was like yours? A navy blue. Hers was navy blue and mine was turquoise. I mean, a turquoise Chevy Astro van. I mean, in college, can you get any better than that? We are cool. And we still You're are. You're cool. Yeah. And Jenny's really upgraded her vehicles. Since. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are. So Jenny has been uh, my friend. I have to shout this out because it's amazing. Jenny wrote me every single week of my mission. Mm. Is that amazing? I... Besides my mom, I don't think anyone else did that. So that's just incredible. When Jenny puts her mind to something, she really does go for it. It's a beautiful thing about her. And Jenny has, uh, we were living together for a time and she pivoted towards holistic healing and foot zoning. And I was the blessed recipient of some great foot rubs that don't always feel great. Let's remember that. But I learned a lot about I I learned a lot about holistic healing from Jenny and continue to. So Jenny, welcome to the podcast. That was a long intro. I think it was epic. It was epic and it did capture some really good things about who you are. So do you want to add anything to that? Well, aside from our turquoise family Chevy Astro, before that, well, actually, at the same time, we also had a brown Chevy Astro. <laughs> so these are not important things, but it was kind of fun to, I mean, rock the van for a little bit. But since then, I really have upgraded. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and begin, will you will you start with walking us through what the letting go technique is? Because that's what our conversation was yes. really going to be. We're going to involve other things yes. too. But there is a book called Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. And it's called, and there's a little subtitle that says The Pathway of Surrender. And mm-hmm. Jenny get, gifted me this book in December. And I gobbled it up. And we both went back and forth. And now we want to share it with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to share this. This is life changing for both of us. So um, letting go the pathway of surrender right here for those of you who want to see. Um, So I discovered this book in October 2021. And um, 
the author, David R. Hawkins, he's he's really famous for his book called Power Versus Force. And I had come across, I actually hadn't read, I haven't read that full book yet, um, but uh, at, up to this point yet. But the book that I have fallen in love with is this Letting Go book. And the reason why I love it so much is because it has helped me understand the underlying emotions and why we have them. What happens when we're feeling guilt? What vibrational frequency is guilt at? What vibrational frequency is fear at? And what is it doing to serve my body? And so I started reading this and I couldn't get enough of it. So I have the PDF copy. I have, you know, I have the, the digital copy. I have the hard copy and I have the, the audio copy because it is so valuable. And so I was just eating it up so much. And I was like, I want to bless Tracy with this for Christmas. And, um, and so this book walks us through what is going on inside of the body with certain, what, what is going on with certain emotions and how do those affect us in our lives? And what is the letting go technique? Like, how do you do it? How do you actually execute the letting go technique? Okay. So the letting go technique is becoming aware of what emotion is that we feel allowing ourselves to feel what is underneath that feeling that we're feeling. So let's say that I might be feeling anxious for a moment. Let's say I feel anxious. Okay. I'm recognizing I'm feeling anxious. Okay. Maybe I'll sit down for a minute. Maybe I'll just relax. And then maybe I'll say, okay, is there an emotion or is there a feeling behind that anxiety that I might be feeling? Okay. And then just focus in on what that is instead of labeling the anxiousness, instead of labeling it and making it a bad thing or being like, oh, hot potato, I got to get rid of this. Just going to a place of like, what is actually the feeling underneath that and being okay with it. And then within a short period of time, that feeling actually leaves. So this book leads us into how do you, how do you become okay with feeling the feeling, not judging it, releasing it and 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 moving on. But the more that we do that, so I think that there's a little bit of a um I think that there's a little bit of a misconception on if on emotions. And if we feel an emotion or we feel something, then we might tend to freak out because we're like, I don't want to feel this and I don't want to feel this way forever. So we avoid the feelings. But through my line of work, what I do is I recognize I work with the body and the emotions and there is a direct correlation. Over 90% of our physical issues are emotionally rooted. So if we are suppressing our emotions and not looking at them and dealing with them, then they can surface in our body as dis-ease. So uh, that's part of why this is so valuable is to say, oh, I can actually feel what is underlying that emotion that's, that's trapped and let myself release it by being okay with it being there. And one of the things I have learned from Rachel Curfew, my my anxiety coach, is that she has taught me when, and this is a similar thing, you see the principles run through all the things you're learning. And I would say for specifically for, if you are feeling anxiety, that you ask the anxiety, what are you trying to protect me from right now? Mm. And you bring the question to the to the present as well. You call it to the now and it will do a better job of helping you understand what's underneath that. Because normally anxiety is a secondary emotion, just like anger. So um, anxiety and anger are trying to protect you from something underneath it. Mm -hmm. And for me, anxiety is often trying to protect me from, uh, I will, I, I could, I could list off a few, but one of them for me is rejection. And that's a big one that I have discovered that it's trying to protect me from. It's also trying to protect me from feeling uh, putting somebody else out or, or trying to protect me from potentially offending or whatever it may be. And it's an interesting thing to get really clear. Like, what are you trying to protect me from right now? Sometimes the anxiety tells me you, I'm trying to protect you from you. <laughs> like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I think the letting go technique that is so powerful is to say, Oh, right now, this is what I'm feeling. And I acknowledge it. And I see you. And if you can discover what's underneath that even better, because then you can say, Oh, it's really shame or it's really guilt, which are very frequent by the way. So by that, you can also say like, Oh, I see you shame. I see you guilt. And then you can say, and 
I feel good about how much we've spent time together and <laughs> I'm letting this go. And it is incredible how identification can really help diffuse the emotion as well. Mm-hmm. And looking at it without judgment, I think that's part of the key. It's just saying, oh, it's okay. Oh, you're showing up for a reason. What are you showing up to, to tell me about? It's information. And, and this is one of the things I think is important to remember. When our body starts talking to us, maybe they're in the form of pain or something, it's talking to us because it's trying to get our attention. So, so when I'm working with my clients and I'm helping them to understand the language of emotion and what their body might be saying to them in the form of maybe an illness or pain or something, discomfort, I help them remember, well, when a baby, when a baby is brand new, there are, it's, it sounds like the same language, but there, a mother knows what the sound is from a, a poopy diaper to a, to a hungry, to a burp, to a exhaustion, I need my binky, like whatever it is, or they're cold. The, the mom knows what that is, but it's tapping into and learning what is the language of that baby. That's the same with us. So when we have right shoulder pain, for example, it can be, it can be being hard on ourselves because shoulders carry things. Well, if we can translate that physical thing into an emotional aspect, wow, okay, so... Am I being hard on myself right now or on the left side of the sh- left shoulder? Could it could I be carrying someone else's burdens that really don't belong to me? So learning the language of the body and those emotions when they show up is really a key to not feeling like you're being attacked, but you actually feel like you're in charge of your life. You're like, oh, this is just information. Emotions that come in and that, that it's just information. So you just thank it. Thank you for coming in. And go on your way. (laughs) Exactly. And so I know at the very beginning, the table of contents, it it walks us through the the different emotions, kind of the the lowest frequency up. Could you tell us what those are so that we just have a framework of emotions that if we're moving up from, we're actually getting closer to a higher vibrational emotion like gratitude or love. Yeah, so this is this is actually something that's really neat. So Dr. Hawkins, he through kinesiology and muscle response testing, what he found is that a muscle will hold strong for some for a truth. If I were to hold my mus- uh, hold my arm out like this and Tracy were to come and press on my arm, uh, it would actually hold strong for a truth and then it would actually go weak for a lie. And uh, so he used muscle response testing to find the truth of, of well, where are the vibrational frequencies of each, of each uh, emotion? So he has this thing, it's called the map of consciousness. And in the map of consciousness, it actually shows that, that shame is actually vibrating at a frequency of 20. Guilt vibrates at a, a vibrational frequency of 30. Apathy is at a 50, grief is at 75, fear is at a hundred. So actually, so fear is a higher vibrating emotion than, than grief. Then fear, uh, let's see, desire is at 125, anger is at 150, pride is at 175. And then we, and then we go from pride. Those are all lower vibrating emotions. And then we actually cross over into the higher vibrating emotions and courage resonates at 200 on this scale. And do you want me to keep going? Mm -hmm. Okay. Neutrality is at 250 willingness, which is inspiring, hopeful willingness, optimism. That's at 310 acceptance is at 350 reason is at 400 love is at 500 Joy is at four, uh, 540, peace is at 600, and enlightenment is between 700 to 1,000. So as we can see, I mean, remember, clear back is shame. Shame is the lowest vibrating emotion according to this scale. And it's clear down to the vibration of 20. Um, so I think that this is really powerful. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice to know that even if we're, because often I've heard people say, oh, I'm feeling so apathetic, but suddenly they become angry or they become angry about some situation. And I'm thinking, wow, you're moving up the scale. 
you're going yes. up. You're moving up. Like you've gotten from complete apathy to anger. That's actually quite a jump. And anger can be a very big motivator. So will you tell me what you've learned about anger specifically? Because I think anger is really fascinating and pretty profound. And this can just be your own observations of anger uh, regarding the book or just your own thoughts on it. Yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me with anger was that it really is a motivator. It moves us to action. So actually anger is a higher vibrating emotion than fear. Fear, generally, we can also go back down into apathy, which is below fear. But uh, when we get into anger, it actually triggers us to action because we have enough energy to move us forward. So it's actually better to be in anger than in fear. And actually, actually, I just want to say this, too, because the guilt chapter was one of my favorites. But guilt is actually a byproduct of fear. So it's kind of interesting. So guilt and fear are actually lower vibrating emotions than anger. So if you're judging yourself and saying, I don't know, why I'm so angry about this. You could actually turn it and look at it as the blessing that it is to say, how is this actually propelling me to make changes? And uh, Tony Robbins talks about how we come to a point, we come to a threshold where we're not going to let those same things happen again. Sometimes we've let things slide. We've let someone take advantage of us time and time again um, or something happen over and over. And then we get to this threshold and this point where we say, not again, I'm not going to let that happen again. And then boom, we change and we take that action. So anger, I'm just, I hope that this puts it into a different frame is anger can actually be a really good thing in our health because it's going to propel us to move and even have enough energy to move us into courage and into a higher courage and love and peace and joy move us forward. But it's in that, it, I think it's in hitting that threshold at times that really cause us to not go back to the things that actually cause us to be in a lower vibrating frequency. And Tony talks a lot about certainty. And so anger can move us into certainty. Mm -hmm. It can move us into, heck no, no more of this. I'm doing, I'm moving forward. This is not, this is not how I'm going to continue to live my life because it's not working and I'm fed up enough that I'm actually going to make a change. I think it creates certainty. I think it does too. I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, listening to you talk about anger is fascinating because even in that, it's, I think we can make a judgment of, oh, I'm oh, this is a better vibrational emotion than mm -hmm. this one. And reality, what we're trying to do too is say, they're all just here to help us. Like they're all here to be acknowledged and then to be let go. But even in this kind of hierarchy, in a way we're judging them. And I'm making that <laughs> observation right now. That's a really good observation. Yeah. Because we don't want to feel guilt about what we're feeling. Because then we get in our little, we just get in a little hole of, of, Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I know we didn't talk about this previously, but shame and guilt. What have you learned about those two specifically? Well, the guilt section was just so fascinating to me because it goes through and talks about. OK, this is why it was so fascinating to me. I did not realize, Tracy, how often I allowed guilt to run my decisions. And so I came to this aha moment and I remember, so she and I were doing Voxer back and forth, sending Voxers back and forth about all these things that we were learning when we were learning them, they were hot. And I had this realization come to my mind where I was like, whoa, a lot of the decisions I'm making are out of guilt. So to put this in context to help the listeners listening to this, I realized when I feel obligated to do something, I actually have to go back and say, am I feeling obligated to do this action or to do this thing because I feel guilty? If I don't do it, then whatever bad thing is going to happen or I'm not a good friend or I'm not a good person. Um, is it out of obligation or is it because... This is actually what I'm following my heart with. So when guilt, I feel, I have found in my life, Tracy, that guilt peaks its head in many different forms. So for example, I'll share 
I'll share an example from my life, which was really helpful. So I had um, my 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 office where I see my clients are, is up in was up in um, the Fort Union area in Utah, and I had moved down south to Highland, Utah. Um, a year earlier, and I was making that commute. It was about a 30-minute commute, and there was usually rush hour both ways. And it was wearing on me, um, but I have a very loyal clientele. I mean, they'll drive even an hour everywhere. Um, I have one client that flies in from Arizona every month. So, But I was, I was like, okay, so I, but I felt guilty moving my office closer to my home because it was better for me, but I didn't want to be an inconvenience to my clients that had to come around the mountain. And those who don't live in Utah and Northern or in the Utah Salt Lake Valley might not know about coming around the mountain into Utah County. But um, I think there's a psychological barrier there about coming around that mountain, even though it might be a 20 minute drive for them. And I felt guilty saying, but I don't want to make them drive farther to get to me. I want to be a convenience for them. I want to take care of them. But I did. I made this decision. I hit the threshold. And my friend who is a doctor, she had just moved into her brand new place. And it's only six minutes from my house. And I, and I, it was just so clear. I hit my threshold and I was like, I'm moving. And it was the end of the month. It was the end of December. I applied for my business license in Lehigh. I got it right then. And then I, and then I moved to my office and it's actually been a really great thing after all, because one of the things I've learned, Tracy, is that if it's, if it's not a win for me, then it's most likely, it's most likely not a win for whoever else is involved. Because if I'm not able to bring forth my best me, then I'm kind of jipping everybody else, right? And so I, I have learned, again, that was a big story, a big experience for me also to feel worthy of like, I can actually have the convenience of having my office six minutes from my house and I don't have to do the rush hour traffic thing. And I can have that energy to put towards working with my clients instead. And, and so recognizing through the lens of, of guilt, when, when am I making a decision and doing something because I feel, one, like I'm not a good friend if I do that, even though it might be in my best interest, whatever it is, I invite, I invite those listening to see what areas of my life are, am I making decisions that are maybe not in my best interest, but I'm trying to people please or, or put others ahead of me. When, when in reality, when you set yourself square, you square yourself up and say, no, this is in my best interest, the guilt actually leaves and then there's more abundance that comes in. Yeah. And also more alignment because mm -hmm. you're actually doing what feels good to you. Oh yeah. You have more life to you because more it's a energy. win. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Tony... We just did you, you know, um, Unleash the Power Within with Tony this past weekend for the virtual Unleash the Power Within. And there was a, a graph he put up where he talked about the mind and then he talked about the heart and they were not together oh. and mm -hmm. then they got into harmony. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Does so that jog your memory? Yeah. So this is part of the HeartMath Institute. So the HeartMath Institute we encourage you to look them up. They are amazing. And what they're doing is they're finding that when the brain and the heart are not in coherence, then that's really, really when we're feeling frantic and scattered and kind of out of control. So if you're feeling out of control in your life right now, it could be because your mind and your heart are not in sync. But through the Heart Math Institute, there's actually a technique where they teach you how to come into heart coherence. And we're actually going to do, uh, at the very end, we're actually going to do a, a meditation exercise with you from the HeartMath Institute that will help you bring your heart back into that coherence. Yeah. That was something that really lit up my mind as I thought about, I will tell you in Doctrine and Covenants chapter six or section six that says, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I thought, Wow. It's not just doctrinal, it's physiological. There's a physiology behind these things as well. And it seemed like another proof of something that I already knew. Mm -hmm. And did you want to add anything else to that? 
about no. the guilt or the shame? Uh, one of the things that he says, here's the food for thought. Guilt represents death just as love represents life. Say that one more time. Guilt represents death just as love represents life. Interesting. I, yeah, so I. It's an interesting parallel, right? Mm -hmm. Guilt and death versus Mm -hmm. love and life. Yeah. And well, and when you look at it, how do you feel when you're guilty? When you feel guilty, do you feel like your creativity is sucked out of you? Do you feel like more depleted in your energy? Yeah. But when you're loving someone and you're just giving from your heart and you're showering with love, you have joy, which means you have life and you have energy. You're like, this is good. I know why I'm here on earth. This is good. Yeah. And I, when we were doing UPW with Tony, one of the things that came into my mind was why is it that depression and anger and apathy and grief, that these emotions feel like they weigh something. There's Mm -hmm. a weight to them. They're heavy. We describe them that way as well in our language. And then we kind of talk about happiness and joy and love. And they're high. They literally feel like more airy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I feel like. And and as I thought about that, I thought, no wonder. And and this is just my mind. As I went through that in my mind, I thought, well, when you have a negative experience, even though you've had all these positive interactions, you focus in on this one negative piece of feedback. This one person and that is so hard to distract from because it feels like it holds so much weight. Do you have any thoughts about that? The weight of negative emotions and why do they weigh us down when we have all these other positive things that could balance out? But it does seem like they're like a lighter and not, not as weighty, those higher vibrations. And so when we have a negative interaction, it seems like it kind of pulls us down. They do. Well, and I... I think that it goes along with that map of consciousness. They're lower vibrating motions. So when you look at the vibe on a, a frequency scale, if there's something going, you know, the, this, the vibration graph curves could be faster and higher, or they can be slower and longer. Well, you're going to feel like whatever emotion is at that vibration. So if you're feeling something that's so heavy, like shame and guilt, it's so low vibrating that you're going to feel like that snail. You're going to feel like that slug, you know? So I, that's my thought about that is because they really do weigh heavier. And that's not, I don't think that that's really authentic to who we really are because we're here that we're here to have joy. That's what we're here for. And I think that that's our true nature. Uh, but whatever we focus on is what grows. That's whatever expands. And so I think that part of, and maybe you have some really good ideas about this, Tracy, Actually, I'd love to talk about this, the, the gratitude stacking. But, um, but I think that being able to learn how to focus in on the hundred things that are going right instead of that one thing or that one person that was ungrateful that, that really like bothered us and we're letting them take away our power or take away our joy I think that that is a a skill to life that will bless us forever if we can learn how to not let that one person or that one thing affect us, but really stay in that gratitude of all the other things that are going right and well for us. Will you tell us about gratitude stacking? Yes. Well, you actually first told me about gratitude stacking. (laughs) Do you you you, you want me to explain it first and I'll add on? Okay. So, so Tracy taught me this and then Tony taught us this this weekend. Um, But you focus in on, well, this is the process Tony took us through this weekend. So you think about an emotion that brings you so much joy, something that happened to you that just makes you feel good. Maybe it was an accomplishment and you take that and just bring it into your heart and just feel it as if you are living that moment right there in that moment. And then take another one from your life, an accomplishment, um, something that made you feel strong, victorious, courageous, whatever it is, bring that into you and bring it into your heart and let yourself feel it as if it just happened. And and, and in feeling it as if it just happened, don't look at it from you're, you're here and you're looking at the experience over here. 
look at it from the perspective of you're on the front row of the roller coaster ride and you're actually in that roller coaster ride seat experiencing that emotion again. You're in the moment. Be in that moment as if it just happened. So bring another one into you that made you laugh so hard, that made you feel elated, that made you feel like you are the smartest person alive. You bring those different emotions into you and you stack those in and let yourself feel it. It overcomes you to where you're in a whole different place. Absolutely. Did I teach you that? You did teach me this. That makes me question if I did, but (laughs) (laughs) well, you did because you're, you're Tony Robbins friend coach. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yes. You are correct about that actually. Okay. I was like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, did I teach you that? I'm like, wow. Like you're just teaching me it again. (laughs) Clearly you guys repetition matters. And I, so this is gratitude to me to really feel grateful is different to be a grateful person. And to feel grateful, I think are two different things. Because I think to feel gratitude, it completely changes your, it does transform you in a moment. And he taught, Tony taught us about how if you're in fear and you move to gratitude, you're out of fear. If you move, you can, that can be a switch if you can actually move into gratitude. And what is the question he presented to us was, what is right about my life today? Oh, so powerful. And it is a life-changing question. What is right about your life today? And last night, I had new, I asked the Holy Ghost and my Heavenly Father to help me to have new creative ideas come to me about all the things that are right in my life. And I feel like I'm still, I'm looking for those opportunities because it primes you to go looking for what's right instead of looking for what's wrong. And of course, this whole principle of what you focus on grows. That also primes you to be looking for what's right about your life. And I'm sure that you've experienced the great joys of gratitude. But in that particular activity where Tony had us bring in these emotions and to feel them again, the one that had the most powerful effect upon me was gratitude. Mm-hmm. And the same one with Joseph McClendon III when he did it with us and he, he, he walked us through a different three different steps. And then at the end, he's like, and gratitude. He ended with that. And that's when like the power came for me again. So I understand that gratitude is a very high frequency emotion, but sometimes I say things I'm grateful for, but I don't feel it. And so I think the only way, one of the most powerful ways you can do it, especially if you're a visual person, especially if you can you're good at that. That's such a powerful tool to be like, let me step back into a memory that I have of gratitude. And sometimes it won't come quickly. Sometimes I thought like, Tony, you're expecting us to have these memories come so fast. I can't think of anything right now. You're stressing me out. No. And that's, that's also a mindset, but I think it was interesting for me. I need more time to think about it. But when I start to get primed to look for it, then things come back to my memory. Oh, I'm so grateful for Jenny Orton. I'm so grateful for the times that we would pray together in my room and just things like that, that you can think of things and it does bring that feeling back. And so your memories are really a treasure for you to be able to access higher frequency emotions to remind you of that feeling if you feel like you've forgotten it or that you haven't experienced it in a while. Mm-hmm. Can I share this experience that I had? Mm -hmm. So my birthday was on Saturday and that was day three of Unleash the Power Within. And I, aside from being in Hawaii, I could have thought of a better way for me to celebrate my birthday. And to me, day three of of, uh, Unleash the Power Within was so powerful. But this is actually what I experienced. So um, Tony talked about on day two, he actually talked about how proximity is power and how powerful it is and how important it is for us to be surrounded and close in close proximity to people who are good influences in our lives. People who are going places that maybe we want to go. That's how we learn is, oh, if they're experts at that, they've already been there. They've accomplished that. And that's something I want to do. Then I need to get in close proximity with that person. And so just the importance of setting ourselves up for success by who we surround ourselves with. And 
He also talked about the importance of having outstanding standards, not good, not great, not excellent, but being outstanding in all we do. And that was really powerful. So I had a lot on my mind um, the night of this, the second night, Friday night, and I got in bed later and I actually crawled in bed on at, at midnight on my birthday and I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, it's 12 o'clock on the dot. It's my birthday. It's already my birthday. And I was like, it's going to be an epic day. I already know this. It's going to be so good. And I was overcome with this gratitude in my heart. I was like, wow, I have lived a good life and I have an amazing life. And thinking about what Tony had talked about too, and this is how I choose to live my life too, is surrounding myself with high quality people. And I just felt so much gratitude for the people in my life who have blessed my life. So I did something for my birthday. I actually spent the next two hours in bed. Yes, it was midnight, but I actually sent voice text messages to people who have positively influenced my life to help me be who I am today. And I, I sent those personal messages. They weren't, they weren't written texts. They were, you could hear my voice. They could hear me. And it was a minute to two minutes. And each person that I sent that to, I just was in this overwhelming gratitude state. And some of those I could barely, I hope they could interpret them because I was crying. I was so overcome because I recognized how those people had actually, and Tracy was one of them, how they have influenced my life. And it, I didn't feel like it was, at least for this birthday, I felt like it was really appropriate and important in order to really honor and celebrate who I am and who I've become it's important to celebrate and honor the people who have helped me get here. And so as I reviewed my mind and I thought about these people who have positively impacted my life for good and to be able to take that moment, an hour or two, I mean, not an hour or two, um, a minute or two of each person and just send that message and just let them know how grateful I am. And, it, and I'm celebrating my birthday by honoring them because they helped me get to where I am. And the connections that happened were beautiful and it was life-changing. And perhaps this is something I'll do the rest of my life. I don't know, but it was an epic way to start my birthday. And then by the time I got to sleep and then we were up all day with, with the training and it was a breakthrough day. I mean, just powerful breakthroughs on beliefs, but I was able to be in that, that gratitude state. And in any moment thinking about what I was feeling grateful for, I was able to feel that. And so I do believe that the heart is a muscle. And it, that's actually a fact. The heart is a muscle. And the more that we use it, the more primed it is, the more healthy it is, the more vitality it has. And in the scriptures, it talks about in the last days, men's hearts shall fail them. So could it be a really beautiful, healthy exercise for us? to prime our hearts every day by getting into sincere gratitude and even sending a text once a day to someone just saying, hey, I want you to know how you've blessed my life, how you've helped me to be a better person. And it doesn't have to take long. A minute goes a long ways. And I will tell you, those people who responded back to me were touched and it really did take our relationships to new levels. And and it's those little things that make a difference, but they don't have to take long. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of us have gone through the motions of doing things and I and feel like, oh, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to do it or because I know it will help me. But I think you have to find those moments where you're like, wow, this is actually, this feels good. And I can, I can actually get the feeling. And I think for those of you who are listening, if you're sitting here thinking, I can't think of the last time I was joyful, or I can't think of the last time I was genuinely happy, I would invite you to, to ask God to help you remember, help you remember the times you've been happy, help you to remember the times that you've experienced joy or that you've experienced love and unfettered, just one of those moments where it was so pure pouring through you so that you can be reminded 
of those moments and they can be something that you can capture. You can write down, oh, I had this memory come back to me when we were fishing and I had a total breakthrough because my brother Wilson, who passed away when I was eight years old, I think I've always viewed that as an experience of kind of like he got gypped out of a life, like out of a long life. He got a short life, a 13, 13 years of life. And that helped me to switch and say, I got to know Wilson for eight years, for eight years. I got to know Wilson. And it totally changed everything to just see it that way and think. And he got 13 years, got 13 years here. And for me, just switching that mindset and thinking, and what is he learning? And, and what does he see? And, and how, what blessings have come into my life from that tragedy? And I would say there are blessings that have come into my life. And one of them is that I'm a lot more cognizant of when other people pass away. I'm a, I have a lot of empathy for people who are going through hard times. And yet at the same time, I think, isn't that cool that we can have these moments where something that has been a sorrow for a long time or an injustice can suddenly become something that we see differently and it can change how we feel about the whole opportunity we had to get to know that person and to be with them for that time. I think gratitude is the magic. Yeah. And could we, could we live our lives where every day we sprinkle magic in our lives and in other people's lives and magic and gratitude goes such a long ways, such a long ways. And it doesn't have to be big, just that heartfelt gratitude it makes all the difference. We're here to support each other and help each other on the, on the path. And we're not, we're not alone. We're not doing this alone and we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And I just love that reminder of we're in this together. And so taking that time, again, the more we focus on that gratitude, the more that we prime our hearts to be filled with gratitude and love, the more often that's going to be our state that we're in and that we go back to. And that's one of the things that, that, I think, well, it's what Tony teaches, but we live, whatever state we're in, it determines the quality of our life. And so could we give ourselves such an incredible gift to where we don't go immediately and get triggered into anger, but we get triggered into maybe we don't even get triggered anymore. That's actually what this letting go book talks about is eventually you get to the place where you're not getting triggered, but going into that state of, no, my, my my state of being, who I am at the core, I have trained and conditioned myself to live in gratitude. I've trained and conditioned myself to be in love. And I was even thinking about myself in, um, I was thinking about myself and how I actually want to train myself that I laugh anytime something bad happens. For example, <laughs> when I break a glass jar and it falls from the cupboard and it falls on the ground, I just, this just happened a couple days ago. I just started laughing. There's no reason for me to be upset about something like that. And so that's my, my focus is whenever anything like that, I'm not going to be triggered into anger or frustration. I'm just going to go to laughter and be like, that's no problem. It's glass. It's not a big deal, you know, because I want the quality of my life and my health to be at a higher level and I can make it happen because I'm the creator of my life. Absolutely. And a similar thing happened to me where I decided from this event, because I realized I need to come up with a trigger that's more effective that will change my state faster. So you need to come up with a trigger from a negative emotion that you can actually do, that you can actually execute on. And you might have to try out and test different things. But one of the things that I tested on David is that <laughs> he, he was... I was having a moment of frustration with him and instead of like kind of spinning down to a negative emotion, I started to flare my nose. I was like, David, can you flare your nose? And like, I asked him to flare his nose at me. He's really good at it. And I was able to get into laughter, right? And switch that state. And it was magical in that moment to think. And that night when I went to bed, guess what I was grateful for? That victory. Because that is also when you access the atonement. The atonement is when the tone and Jesus, when you access Jesus is when you do something different and you're like, I was empowered to do that differently. 
and that's Jesus. And so I think for me, that was such a cool moment to say, oh, I'm choosing now that when this happens, I'm going to ask him to flare his nose and I'm going to, and we're going to laugh. We're going to move out of this state of irritation or frustration. And because for me, that's something that I need to work on. And so I'm grateful for all the times that I'm, I'm learning how to change my state. I'm practicing how to change my state. Before it was three deep, three deep breaths, but it wasn't a significant enough of a change. And you got to find something that you can kind of make yourself laugh. Laughter is a mm-hmm. really great one to move into. If you can possibly move into laughter, it's it's a great one. I agree. I want to live more from laughter. Yeah. I want my life to be filled with laughter all the time. There have been people that have healed from major health challenges through laughter therapy. There's even a thing called laughter yoga. Were you, what? Did you know that? Oh. Yes. There's a thing called laughter yoga. And you laugh with people and you do different different activities to get you to laugh. And then you start laughing more because you are, again, what? Conditioning ourselves. And that is the key. That is the key. Condition ourselves to how we want life to be. Don't let life happen to us. We're not the victim of our circumstances. We actually can be victorious in any situation. And it's really getting out of those low vibrating emotions that help us to actually feel like, oh, I can do anything. So if you're feeling like there is an emotion, if you're feeling like there is a challenge in your life where you can't rise above and you feel like it's hopeless, you feel apathetic, you feel like, what's the use? This will never change. Then I invite you to think about a time in your life when you've actually felt uh, victorious. You accomplished an impossible task or you accomplished something that was so victorious for you. You focus on that, figure out how you did that and then replicate it. Just follow your success patterns. Do whatever, like copycat whatever you did to succeed and do it again and do it again. And that's the magic formula. Flare those nostrils, my friends. <laughs> and Jenny, will you lead us through? Do you want to guide us to yes. that meditation? Or do you have anything else you want to share before we start to wrap this up? I'd love to share this meditation. So this meditation experience is going to get your brain and your heart into coherence. And so I'm going to invite you to get in a comfortable position. Some people will like to sit up and some people will like to lay down. Comfort is key. So whatever is most comfortable for you, make sure you're getting in that state. And if you can be in a place that's not distracted, then that's going to also enhance your experience. So as you get comfortable here, I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes if you feel comfortable with that and go ahead and start taking some deep breaths. Just take a deep breath in, exhale out. Now what I'm going to have you do is what we call heart-based breathing. So I'm going to invite you to imagine breathing from your heart. As if your heart could breathe, let that breath come in and out from your heart. Feel how good it feels to be connected with your heart. And if you're having a hard time focusing in right now, just go ahead and focus in on your heart. Bring your attention to your heart. Place your hand over your heart if that helps you to focus. Feel your heart. Now what I'm going to invite you to do is think about something you're, you're grateful for. Something that brings your heart so much joy. One thing. One thing that overfills your heart with with joy. And focus in on that and feel it as if you're feeling it in the moment. Feel that as if it just happened and you're 
still living that moment right now. I invite you to smile. Bring the edges of your, your lips up, the corners of your lips up. Let your smile show. Let your heart shine more. And now I'm going to invite you to go to your heart and you're going to ask your heart. Perhaps there's a challenge that you're trying to overcome right now and it's been really difficult for you. But as you've done the heart-based breathing, you've been in that gratitude, now ask your heart, heart, what do I need to know about this situation? Heart, what should I do? Go ahead and listen to that answer. Take a deep breath in and receive that answer. And feel gratitude for that direction. And then when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes. And if you captured a message, go ahead and write that down. Capture what, what message you received. And if you didn't, get a message at this moment, I invite you to go back. It's okay. I invite you to go back and try to do this meditation again. Just do it again and again. But remember that the steps are you allow yourself to heart-based breathe for 30 seconds, and then you focus on something that you're very grateful for, and then you ask your heart for counsel. Ask your heart what it wants to do. And as you do that, you will be guided in a whole new way in a whole new life and to new levels. And I think that that's where, where the quality of life comes is when we truly follow our inspiration, when we follow our intuition, what is our heart telling us? And when we let our heart call the shots, then that's when we build that rapport with ourselves even more.